The year is 1978. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to 1978 Variant Cover. For the very first time, I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of Comic Book Herald, and I am joined today by my very special friend, it's Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? Good, Dave. So, we have to <laughs> set the stage. <laughs> Strong energy. All right, explain. <laughs> it, I, explain. Do you feel like that uh, that energy was like a dog with its ears down and its tail between its legs? Because that, that is kind of that the energy the I'm image feeling. everybody should be getting. Okay. Right, right. So uh, we recorded 1978's variant cover a couple days ago, and it was a complete disaster. We had no says poll, you, no poll, you. no emails, and no specific talk topic to talk about. So we're gonna do a little bit of stuff now. I'm gonna try to splice it all together into one coherent episode. So uh, if at some point it isn't quite coherent or we're referencing something that's because i'm cutting it all together but i think we're gonna i'm gonna turn into something good using the power of editing and for all you like weirdo masochists out there because i know you exist hey weirdos i will put put out (laughs) the full original cut on the patreon so anyone who gives us anything on patreon even if you're a dollar backer you'll i'll release that episode because there's already people like, no, release it. And I'm like, I guarantee you, it is a rambling mess. I think, like, Dave and I talk about uh, Invincible, the comic, for like 10 minutes, and neither of us make a point. <laughs> I, I want the patrons to, to I mean, some give some judgment like on that, because I make a clear point, you just don't agree. No, I mean, okay, we don't need to rehash. We're not going to rehash the argument. <laughs> That's what the bonus yeah. is for. And hey, if there's, if there's never been... A moment when you thought, like, ah, uh, yeah, like, I don't want to support these guys on Patreon. Telling you that there's a bad episode going up, man. I mean, it's, get it has its it. moments, but it's it's overall like somehow <laughs> we were just like, a goofball, yeah. nothing. We yeah. just got nothing specific yeah. to talk about, so it's just us going on. And there, there are some things like. Well, whatever. I won't spoil it. It might be in this episode. So thanks, everybody, for listening. As usual, just a quick status update in terms of where we are. We just finished reading comics, Marvel Comics of 1978, because, hey, this is the My Marvel This Year podcast where we go through the origins of Marvel Comics through to today. In the show notes here and over on patreon.com slash mymarvelthisyear, you will find the reading list for the issues we're going to be reading in Marvel 1979 with Zach, you and I are jazzed about. 1979 starts getting good. We're starting to get into, I would say, the comics we've been most excited to read this entire stretch of time. Yes, So get on that. If you haven't been playing along, if you've been catching up, now's a really good, like a, a genuinely good jumping in point. In terms of like, just pick them up and read. We're recommending like friends to jump in. Have people jump in at 79. It's a good place. Yeah. All right. So I did throw up an impromptu poll the last couple days and got a decent response. So quick poll for 1978. If you could choose one late era Jack Kirby creation to have. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. But I remembered actually that I had two very specific stories that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Uh-huh. And then in our entire variant cover recording episode, 
I completely forgot to share either of them. It was the perfect situation. To t- I was like, oh, I don't know how these stories will fit in, but I think Zach will enjoy <laughs> them. We had an entire episode, and I didn't mention one of but them. But it had to be in the middle of me reading the poll question. You had to bring this up. Now that we <laughs> literally have, we have structure and something to talk about. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I can't can get I, Can I tell you my one story? Well, let, let me get, get the, the poll, poll out, and then we'll do your stories. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally in the middle of the sentence. Okay. If, if you could choose one late-era Jack Kirby creation to have somehow become a major, beloved part of Marvel, what would it be? So we've got Machine Man, Devil Dinosaur, and Moon Boy, or the Eternals. Dave, what would you? Yeah, choose? so those are the those are the 1978 uh, Kirby's Return to Marvel new editions that we did read some of. Obviously, I think both you and I we had varying degrees of just kind of disappointment. Um, Eternals is interesting retroactively because of the MCU connection. So if one of them had be like, let's say in 1982, there had been uh, Frank Miller's. You know, right. Eternals some, some and like run actually that, like, became redeemed a huge deal. What he started, or you know, because I, I mean, there there are stuff like like you said, the Eternals is going to get an MCU movie. Devil Dinosaur mm-hmm. is in a pretty good series with Moon Girl, like running right now. Or yeah, just, very popular all ages book. Yep, yep, that's quite fun. Um, but they're not big mainstream names. Most people, like your average person, don't know about these people. So if they yeah, I did take become... umbrage with your inclusion of Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur because they both have moments in Next Wave, which is classic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Warren Ellis and yeah. Stuart Eminem. You're, you're gonna dig it. I'd be really surprised if you did. Oh, I thought this was uh, but that's 2006, 2007. You think it's really good? Okay. No, it's it's really one of like the best 2000. Oh, I th- I thought all this really was sarcasm. Fun. Like, oh yeah, Next Wave. It's great. Like, you're going to love it. Machine Man becomes <laughs> so interesting. Like, <laughs> No, I really like Next Oh, okay. Movie. All right. I have like, no I'm joking that they're a huge deal, but it's a really good comic. Okay. Okay. I would have just voted so, for uh, Devil Dinosaur. So my prediction here. Because that's a cool, I think that's a cool setting, like, to build a little Yeah, weird... Devil Dinosaur is the obvious winner here. Yeah, for me. And... The Eternals have the most potential. The Eternals are the one yeah. that I wish was better. Yeah. But Devil Dinosaur is probably the one that I could see fans being the most into now. And, that... and you know who nobody's voting for? Huh. Aaron Stack. Who's that? Is <laughs> Machine it... Man is getting no well, votes. Machine Man got the same amount of votes as Eternals. They tied, wow. they tied for second place. And then Devil Dinosaur got four times as many votes. So, okay, yeah, played out yep. about what we thought. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. MCU your... Devil Dinosaur would be. Oh God! Sick. I was just thinking about that. That like, how cool would that be if uh, you know the next iteration of the Avengers brought in a giant red friendly T Rex? Do you make him talk, or do you just go, nope, just a friendly red T Rex? Uh, no, like a big pet, big pet T Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like like Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Tell me. Good your, tell me deal. Your story. Good quick pull. And, uh, oh, I'll do my story quick. Okay. So I'm at a family reunion. Right and, now? Jesus, uh, we're in the middle of recording an episode. Well, I stepped away, but before I did, <laughs> two things happened. Um, one, a a cousin of my wife said, you know, I was talking about, like, what's going on with the site. And then, I, you know, I'm like, my wife's like, hey, he's got a successful podcast and, and YouTube, which generous, <laughs> generous. Use of the word <laughs> yeah, successful. Yeah, yeah. Generous. <laughs> um, but he's like, what's the name of the podcast? I'll check it out. So I was like, oh, you should check out My Marvel This Year. And uh, I would recommend actually re- checking out the what would have been at the time the 77 variant cover. I was like, those are the ones where we just kind of like are having a little more fun. You don't need to have read the comics necessarily. And I felt pretty good about the recent variant covers. Mm-hmm. So he probably listened to that on his flight. I'm If he happened to keep up with variant covers into 1978, shouts to Ben. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out. And uh, so we got an, a potential new listener, at least for one episode. 
The other thing I was <laughs> going to say That's how we do is it. One episode at a time, one listener at a time. That's the way one to, family to grow connection, a brand. One, he didn't subscribe. <laughs> don't get me wrong. He yeah. did not. I saw. He very clearly just downloaded one episode. Um, and then the other thing that happened was, I was talking about Comic Herald, and I'm trying to explain the site to a group of people, and I get very nervous talking about myself, really in any capacity, and definitely like explaining Comic Book Herald to people. So I am just I'm just a hot, sweaty mess, nervously explaining what ComicBookHerald.com is, but I also have some some pride in what I built. So you know, at one point somebody's like, "Well, hey, let me check out your site," and they pull out their phone, and they're like, "Well, how do I get there?" And rather rather than say the name. Or say any number of things one could search, like uh, Marvel Reading Order, that would very directly lead to my site. Sure. I say, in my nervous, frantic state of mind, well, just search for any character you can think of and type the words Reading Order after them, and I bet my site will pop Ooh, up. Very, in a, very bold, very... Uh confident the hubris yeah the arrogance yeah, yeah, on sure. me and i'm not even like oh and then you, you, again like i'm i'm fight or flight at this point i'm not like actually thinking of this as a brag like, i'm just if, trying to get by as if in slow motion you watch <laughs> their thumbs type in glob herman reading order and you're like that would have yes, been great yes, yes that would have been great okay what actually happens yeah, yeah, yeah. the conversation goes somewhere else a second later the guy goes Hmm, not seeing you. Are you comicbookwire.com? Mm-hmm. No, no, that's not me. I'm probably one or two down. Hmm, not seeing you. And I'm like, well, what did you search for? Cyborg reading order. Two things. One, I'm surprised I don't have one. Yeah, I sure. don't. I have a Teen Titans. I don't have a cyborg. Okay. Two, who starts with cyborg? Yeah, cyborg. Who starts with cyborg? Big, Come on, man. I've never met a cyborg fan. Cyborg's one of those I, characters that's just kind of like... Yeah, he's around. He's a, a good, sturdy supporting character. But I don't know. Do people like Cyborg? Like, I mean, the most I've ever liked him is this year because of Teen Titans Go and Doom Patrol. Mm, so interesting. maybe he's having a moment. Uh, people definitely like Cyborg. But man, just I was absolutely crushed. I was humiliated. <laughs> yeah, as you should be. <laughs> humiliated yeah. like the dweeb that oh, I I'm am. Gonna, I'm going to so try this right now. I thought you'd enjoy that. Storm reading order. Well, that should do fine. Oh, number two. And then number three, because you get Wildstorm in there as your as the third response. So. Mm, nice. Yeah, nice, nice, pretty nice. good. Yeah. So uh, anyway, if you ever meet me uh, out on the street and <laughs> I'm blushing and sweating profusely, it's because I'm trying to explain my website to someone and probably being humiliated. So. All right. I've got I've got a quick email here that did come after we did our first episode and didn't have any emails. Peter was like, oh, well, I got to get one in. He writes, hey, Dave and Zach, I would like to express my deep shame that I didn't get this email in on time for the first cut. I let you down. Hopefully this revised cut, the daddy's cut, if you will, (laughs) will happen and I won't have to commit that samurai honor suicide thing. I can't remember the name, but I'm sure Dave can fill in the gap. No, no, don't do it, Peter. Ever reliable knowledge of correct terms for things. Dave? Are you talking about uh, jujitsu? Yep. Jiu-Jitsu. Nailed it. Yeah. I finally finished 1976 and have switched gears to the reading for the first Ultimate show. Nope. Right? Harry Carey. Hentai. Yes. Thank you. Am I getting closer? Yep. After what was a somewhat slower year on the main continuity list, the Ultimate books have been a fun, breezy delight to read. I'm now really looking forward to the more modern comics that have mastered this show, Don't Tell Thing. That Punisher backstory was amazing. It's also been fun to see the stories reimagined. I've been impressed how much they change while simultaneously keeping true to the spirit of the original story. Dave, I know you're a big fan of Marvel doing an Ultimate 2.0. If they did such a thing, what new stories and characters would you like to see done that weren't done the first time? 
Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, the Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, that would Machine be a great... Man, that would actually Devil be a really Dinosaur. good starting point. Yeah. No, no, specifically Eternals, though. Because, like, all right, so if they do the 2020 Ultimate 2.0, which I have been, you know, saying they should for quite some time. Yep. Um, give the Eternals a new mythos, you know? Like, give the MCU... It doesn't have to be in line with the MCU, but that's what they're going to be trying to be doing in that movie. So I would find that fascinating to see like put some top tier current marvel creators on that thing and see what they can come up with give me the give me donny kate's eternals or tom taylor's eternals and let's see if that thing can go um other characters that don't really get like a real I mean, ultimate black start. panther seems like the uh the standout like obvious answer Ooh, to me that's a great pick because he has like a great eight pick. appearances across all of ultimate uh i mean more importantly obviously is alpha flight alpha flight only shows up in three issues of x-men in the ultimate line. I'd like to see... I actually would like to see Ultimate. I'd like to see Man-Thing in the Ultimate Universe. Sure. I'd like yeah, to see yeah. what that looks like, right? I, there's actually a weird amount, as much ground as the Ultimate Universe covered, yeah. and it's kind of ahead of its time as it was, there's a fair... Like, there's not really a Marvel Ultimate cosmic scene. You yeah, know? of course. Give me yeah, some Thanos? of that. Like, there it, ultimate... it comes in in small pictures here. Oh, Thanos is stunned super weirdly and, and quite badly. Oh, okay. Ultimate I never universe. got that far. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll obviously get there. Cool. The yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that pods, on but... my ultimate year more. Just like, oh, I mean, discussing what is missing, what is, uh, you know, I will, we'll probably do a big recap like this when we're finished with the show in a couple of years. Yeah. No, honestly, I think the 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 fact that the like the ultimate universe takes place pre MCU, you know, yeah. like all of the building does. So doing it now, it would look totally different. Yeah. Because everything yeah, that's yeah. important to like pop culture, you know, is is has shifted significantly. Um, great question. Love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What unannounced, what unannounced franchise would you love to see enter the MCU other than Alpha Flight, which is a given, of course. An Alpha Flight movie would be, man, I, I mean, I don't know I that mean, it's more of a flex than the Eternals, but <laughs> boy, would that be I, weird I think to it's do less of a flex than, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, no, I disagree. Alpha Flight is an easier... They, they have more of a history of Marvel, I'll give you Alpha that. Alpha Flight is an easier read. for. Like, I could hand anyone who's just interested in superhero comics Alpha Flight number one, and I feel like it would be pretty easy received. Guardians of the Galaxy is like a tricky, tough, like... Yeah, it's a bunch well, of different could, teams you could say the exact that stretch same thing. back to the 60s, and like... I mean, well, yes, if you if you do the original Guardians yeah, to be... But Alpha Flight has like a confusing. nice, easy entry point. Like Alpha Flight number one, that issue, excellent excellent issue yeah but the downside the downside to that is you have to read alpha flight right so like if you start with the 2008 guardians of the galaxy now you get Furious. to read I 2008 guardians genuinely of the like galaxy. just my teeth just clenched i <laughs> i like I, I i i don't want to take the bait but i'm like i need to know if you're joking it is it's a it's a good comic dave i will i will tell you one of the conversations i'm most looking forward to having in 1980s mmy is when we get to alpha flight i am because i am too because I, I definitely have not read them through the lens of it being... what can i think of to say here <laughs> to make zach furious <laughs> i i just reread number one and i'm holding myself off from reading anymore and i think it's like genuinely a very good comic like yeah per great origin anyway peter asks a couple other questions i'm going to skim over because we're trying to get through this quick uh th that was the main ones he does end with a joke two cannibals are eating a clown one looks at the other one and asks does this taste funny to you Da -dum okay that's enough for love me it. love it it's been a great year he actually says in by popular demand of i don't remember who and then he does the joke because he couldn't remember which one of us loved it and hated it oh that was me yeah. i'm definitely the one advocating for jokes it's been a great year of comics i'm looking forward to another one merry christmas thanks as always and see you next year still to be with you peter aka colossal chick man thank you very thank much peter. peter yep 
Okay. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give one hero that I didn't get to in the original one for our my marvelous year shared universe of heroes and villains, and then we did a couple updates that I will cut in after this. Um, okay. So we've got a new villain for the my marvelous year universe, and this is sponsored by Braylon. Thank you very much, Braylon. Thanks for your support. So, Braylon, young woman, pretty um pretty passionate about the environment, specifically about birds. She's uh, always been really interested in birds. When she was a kid, would go bird watching and start um, just learn the names of all the different species of birds. It always really bothered her as like a little little girl, like at five years old, when she found out mm-hmm. that. Uh, female birds are generally pretty drab and it's the male birds with all the pretty colors she remembers once crying over the fact that she learned that female birds aren't the pretty ones but she grew up loving birds and she turned that into a career in bird science which i don't know what that's called but she's studying birds oh, as oh, a... ornithology. ornithology oh look who's the Ooh. scientist now oh, baby yeah, yeah yeah impressed yeah um that's right i've read watchman back matter <laughs> and she uh god just absurd that that like <laughs> just a weird very narrow uh knowledge base only if it comes through comic books and that's how i learned things yeah. uh so she uh she turns that into kind of a um yes it's not a career she spends a lot of time advocating for bird habitats and fighting against deforestation big like agribusiness that is uh destroying songbird songbird habitats and wiping out bird populations and she's kind of a I mean, she tries to get people involved but you know it's tough to get someone to stop on the street and sign your petition to uh you know protect Ooh, that the is forest. the hardest yeah i mean she you know she's passionate about this but it's hard for her to talk to to strangers she's she's a little bit of a a timid person when it comes to being confrontational but she's really passionate about this one day there's a tract of land this this forest that she has been fighting to protect and she learns that this big business, this big agricultural business, just went in and clear-cut the whole thing, despite the fact that they didn't have a permit to do it yet. And, you know, she kind of finds out they just decided, oh, we'll just pay the fine. It's cheaper for us to pay the fine than to go through the hassle of getting permission, right? Damn. She goes in and she is heartbroken just seeing all these trees knocked down and she's finding all these dead birds, all these nests that have fallen out of the trees, all these dead Yuck. birds. She decides that she has had enough and she's going to get her revenge. So she goes Mm -hmm. looking around for knowledge of the occult, some way to get some power, some way to get some leverage over these people. And eventually we've learned If anything, we've learned from Ghost Rider. It's if something goes wrong, your first thought. (laughs) (laughs) Satan. To a devil. (laughs) (laughs) She hears about this uh, this person doing uh, doing spells down by the docks and. She kind of hesitantly docks. enters this uh, this warehouse where she hears this this powerful magic user is. All she finds is like little crumbs of toffee all over the place and kind of what looks like oh, a no. a scene of chaos and uh, there's there's been a, a battle here. But she finds little. I was gonna say I thought of, we'd heard down by the docks before. Yeah, little bits of toffee all strewn throughout the scene. But she does find a big stack of books and with those books she learns necromancy and she begins to bring back the dead birds that have been wiped out by this... Give me a time ble- frame on how long it takes her to learn necromancy. Oh, like two, three hours. Two, three hours? No, no, I don't know. Um, weeks, maybe. Weeks. Weeks now. Maybe a couple months. I, hey, yeah. I've... Having not learned it myself, I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, she came in fits, for fits and starts. But she starts to be able to resurrect these birds and she starts summoning like clouds of skeletal birds to, to swarm down on these construction people who were clear cutting forests. And she, t- uh-huh. she puts on this big aesthetic of, uh, of this, you know, dark black garb covered in bird bones. And she calls herself Gravian. Gravian. Uh, oh, I guess it sounds like gravy. I didn't think of that. It's like grave and avian, you know? Like you're f- don't don't second guess yourself. Oh, well, I never fine. I haven't said that word out loud before. That was all in my head. So if you have, so, as soon as I said, live to tell the tale. I just heard the word gravy, but no, it's cool. Yeah, she's covered. She's she is covered in gravy. She you didn't. Yeah, mention, I but forgot. We do it know is. that she is covered yeah. in that beefy sauce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got a couple cranberries so, on either side. Welcome to the My Marvelous Year Universe Gravian. Welcome. Does she have a theme song? Uh, I don't know. Do you have one in mind? <laughs> No, I just want you to create a theme song ad hoc with no <laughs> with no preparation. Um, okay, we'll think of a theme song. Maybe ooh, that'll ooh. be next time. Oh, you know, I, you I know actually what, quite you like this the, idea. Okay, I have a title for her theme song. Yeah, it, Grave Robin. Uh, Grave Robin. Get it? Nice. The bird Robin. Nice. I love it. All right, tune in next time to my marvelous year variant covers for the uh, Braylon update. Grave Robin, and I will perform that song <laughs> yeah I, I will write the lyrics to this new uh heavy metal song that dave will heavy metal oh Uh-oh. Yeah, i mean clearly i mean she's got this kind of i can do that yeah. okay i'm gonna try try to stop there and somehow splice this together uh thank you for listening thank you for disaster piece for our music as always uh head over to patreon.com slash my year to support the show rate and review us on itunes Por favor, haven't had a review on there in a little bit. I'd love to see a new one. And (laughs) you have to say see you next year, Dave. And we will see you next year. So it's Sunday night. I'm planning on trying to edit these two episodes together. And I'm realizing after all my hand rigging and all my worry, I actually think what we initially recorded isn't half bad. And there's too many good bits for me to try to splice them all together. So you're getting a weird thing where that episode just ended and you're just going to get another one tacked on here because I think they're all pretty funny and I don't have a really good natural way of splicing them together. So uh, listen in for us rambling for a little while and then a couple more My Marvelous Year heroes and villains that I think are pretty good. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I am joined today by someone who does nothing special, and I have nothing to say about him. Hello, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) The reason Dave is being weird is because we just recorded an intro a second ago, and uh, he just kind of doxed me. With his intro, and I told him, "No, no, you need to record that again." Yeah, so. I hardcore, I hardcore Dawn of X'd Zach. I uh, I put him in a Dawn of X book, and I said all sorts of things about the 2019 X Men initiative that I should not have. So now I have to say very little at all. Let me just say this way, uh, Zach. I it was revealed to me is much closer to a supervillain henchman than I ever knew um, until today. So I'll just leave it at that. It's exciting news, right? Like we don't, you don't meet a lot of supervillain henchies in the day to day. So uh-huh. the more I, yeah. the more I am forced into this recording with you, the more, uh, the more I learn. That's true. I mean, yeah. that's literally true. Like you learn more about me every time we speak. Sure, absolutely. So this is 1978.
variant cover. Today, we're going to be recapping. Uh, not really. We're not going to recap anything. I don't know why I say that. <laughs> we're going to talk about listener questions that you might have had. We're going to talk about poll results. If we had a poll for this year, there was one where we forgot. Was it this year? I never okay, know. Okay, so you want to hear something pretty... <laughs> I was really rushed getting to this recording today. Uh-huh. Uh, I was kind of late, obviously. Yeah, the, su- the supervillain lair was keeping him busy. Yeah. So uh, I have very little thought about like planning this out ahead of time. Yeah, typically. We don't have... <laughs> no, usually I have a printed out. So we don't have a poll this year. We forgot to put one up, and I okay. couldn't think of one this yeah, week. Yeah, that's fine. We also don't have any emails this week. <laughs> so what we are we going to, to talk fill about. the time with? Uh, okay, all right. Well, here is something. Give me, give me just, just a hot second. This is here. a hot podcast. You know what? I don't know that we've done just like a free form, just like, hey, just tell me about your day <laughs> podcast before. And honestly, I think it's what everybody's been craving. Okay. Here, here's something, a, a segment I've wanted to try out. And maybe we can we can give it a shot here. A so segment. Oh boy! Yeah. I actually I think I mentioned in 1978 part two that I had already done it because I got the our recording like schedule mixed up in my head. Uh huh. So people already think. Well, people heard that and said, "What is he talking about?" But I wanted to bring what ifs to the variant cover. What ifs that we're not reading for the club? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, ideally, I would have already read this, and then we could talk. You haven't even about read them. You, I didn't have time to read. It. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but what about this? What if we just this is this is my marvelous amateurs, and then we spitball about what if? This is hilarious. We this is the least we have to go on for any episode I think we've ever recorded. I think, There's I think a fair amount a of prep idea. work that I mean, goes into My Marvelous Year oh, that I don't yeah, know no, that I know. everyone is, is, uh, is quite aware of. You know, obviously we have to read the comics. So My Marvelous Year, the club, if this is if this is your first episode listening and, you're, and you somehow made it to minute 10, uh, despite this introduction, uh, we read through the Marvel Universe one chronological publication year at a time through curated lists of the essential comics from that year that I put together over on Comic Book Herald. And this most recent round, the last two episodes, covered 1978 Marvel Comics. We read some good X-Men. I think our 78 Part 2 is a pretty weird, wild episode. Uh, so if you're curious, yeah. you know, how we yeah, talk about the comics, how we recap them, things, the sorts of things we talk about, that would be a good one to go and listen to. You can find all the comics we talk about in the show notes here, as well as over on our patreon.com slash year page. Typically, on a variant cover, what we would do is we would talk about Patreon-exclusive poll voting. We would talk about any reader questions or feedback we might have gotten. And <laughs> then we would update uh, My Marvelous Year Shared Universe Heroes and Villains, those Patreon supporters who are supporting us at the Shared MMY tier. Thank you to everyone who is doing so. But mm-hmm. today is very special in that we are clearly in a post-holiday haze, a post-holiday stupor, and uh-huh. uh, we have virtually none of the fallbacks that we typically have for a variant cover, which is fine, which is fine. Zach and I are never stalled. We constantly have ideas and imaginations to okay, keep the conversation this? rolling. My Marvelous beer and we talk about beers that we liked yep no this sounds okay here if if people Mm, weren't already into us definitely if we were like yeah we're big beer guys i feel like that's gonna sell them just took a sip of this peak organic ipa and it is 
How do you spell peak? It tastes tastes like bitter and uh, brown. Bitter brown. A, a splash of water. With a splish of water. Oh, yeah. that sounds My Marvelous delectable. Beer. <clears throat> Canceling that show. Show's canceled. Okay. My okay. Marvelous Bear, where I interview my favorite bears. Listen, if you want me to get my son in here and we just talk bears, not the football team. Oh, I do not I, want to I, talk no, about no, the football I'm, team. It's been a rough year. Oh, what, what kind of bears are you talking about? Because we might be talking about different bears. Well, he's going he's gonna to come in hot with like a sloth bear. Or a polar I mean, bear. So are these bears that I'm talking about? You ever seen? You would. You know what? I can't even talk to Zach about animals <laughs> without getting to furries. It takes 12 seconds. No, no, on average. I, is, with you jumping into your furry fantasies. That is not what I was fantasies. talking about. Well, what were you no, talking there, about then? Oh, oh, the other know, kind, like of, like, big, a, like a yeah. husky man. Yeah, is that what big, a bear is? Big husky gay man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, do you, would you consider me a bear? That's actually. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean on the like bear twink spectrum uh-huh. you definitely would lean bear sure okay. yeah okay i feel yeah, like yeah <laughs> God, my marvelous bear is actually a very funny um there's a lot to talk about title for like yeah. talking about you know like different uh gay subcultures yeah and <laughs> so trubisky's been good can... two games in a row so we could talk about that too i he's definitely well, a bear can you... he's a bear and a bear There's... There's got to be something like that, right? Where like a big, burly, hairy gay man has a podcast talking about bears on bears, the Chicago Bears. Oh, I would subscribe in a heartbeat. That's a pretty good combination. I mean, it's a gimmick, but it also sounds like a fun. That sounds like a really fun gimmick. All right, MMY Club. If you know of any bears on bears pods, please share them in the uh, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah, if you have any bear on bear content to uh, to to email directly to Dave, please do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can reach me at Dave at ConflictHerald.com. Anything bear on bear, no just secret. Uh, send that right over to Dave, right into his, his DMs. Okay, we're going to get a lot of good bear content coming out of this <laughs> structuralist mess of an episode. Okay, so here's, so here's where if. we are. Oh, you had some what ifs to talk about. Let's, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's what? do that. I'm just going to go with what if number two, and we're going to talk about this. Okay. And then maybe I'll read the Wikipedia page, see if we were close. What if the Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner? So are we just going to, so let's try and kind of workshop how we expect this to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what if Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner? So this is. So like if he didn't, I mean, this, this is a thing that comes and goes later on. Oh, that totally happens. That's the thing. So all these what ifs. Professor Hulk, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Like all these what ifs totally happen. Like I don't, I don't know that I've run across an example where I'm like, oh, I can't actually really picture that happening later. You know, they're all ideas and things that get played with by different creators later. Um, Hulk being smart is has been played with a gazillion different ways. I'm gonna guess in this one. So he keeps Bruce Banner's brain. He uh, is intelligent and he is able to foster a more successful relationship with Betsy. Is it Betsy or Betty? It's got Betty Brandt. It yeah? is Betty. You think Bet- it's Betty? Betsy. No, it's Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross. Good grief. Wait. No, is that the Yeah, woman you're right. Who no, the Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt's Spider-Man. No, Bet- Betsy Ross is the one who made the American flag. Do we even read comics? <sighs> Betty Ross. It is Betty. Damn. Who's the cook? Is there a Betty Cook? What are you talking about? Like a chef. Is there like a Betty chef? No, Betty Cook was She Oh. No, you're confusing that with the uh the world champion offshore powerboat racer Betty Cook. Oh, I always get my offshore powerboat racing mm-hmm. mixed with with Hulk love interests. I'm thinking of Betty Crocker, is who I'm thinking of. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, easy, easy to, easy to do. Okay, I think that if the Hulk kept Bruce Banner's brain, he would. No, it's Betty Ross. That's right. Because <sighs> Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Who's the flag maker yeah, yeah. then? No, it's not Betsy though. That's the American. F- this is absolute just torture for the ears. Um, <laughs> good. That's kind of our sub. Uh, that's our subtitle. There needs to be our subtitle on the. Oh, Betsy Ross designed the American flag. I do, okay. Let's said, talk about that. that. Three times. Why was Why was Bruce Banner's love interest so closely named to the American flag maker? No. Uh, what are what's the connections? More interesting is why did Stan Lee name <clears throat> two separate women characters Betsy? Because we've also or no Betty. He Brandt. didn't. They're Betty. Yeah, Betty Brandt and yeah, yeah, Betty Brandt and Betty Ross. Yeah, Betsy Ross. Who's the better Betty? Because at, there's some. I don't want to talk about that. There's there's a Hulk comic where uh, I think Rick Jones comes in and says like, um, oh my God, now I forgot her name. Brandt. He goes, "Excuse me, Miss Brandt," and calls Betsy Ross Miss Brandt, which is pretty funny. Yeah, because like, even Stanley can't keep track of his alliteration. Yeah, yeah. Bob Banner, Betty Brandt, Betsy Brandt. Very tricky. Okay, this um, is okay. nothing. I, I, that was, I, 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 I guess I have to actually read the comic before we can talk about it. Apparently, you know, we've been we've been talking about uh like how we can grow grow listenership of my marvelous year lately, and I feel like this episode is a pretty telling instance of why it's not growing. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, we I think we have our answer. Like, I think I just said. If this show is easier to onboard, I think we're doing good work and could get uh, <laughs> and could pretty easily get more audience members if we we could onboard people more easily. Yeah, this, this is not indicative of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if Bruce, okay. Apparently, what happens in the comic is if Bruce Banner keeps his wits about him when he becomes the Hulk, mm-hmm. something create- terrible is going to happen to him because that's Bruce how these Banner, all. Bruce Banner, Reed Richards, and Charles Xavier construct an improved version of Cerebro, uh, which merged them physically and mentally into one being, what man. What? They're forced to use it, as it only worked once before blowing up to defend the world from Galactus. They won the battle at the expense of all their superpowers and inadvertently turned the thing into a mindless monster, much like the Hulk. Man. Okay, yeah. That, so again, it's that one actually of these weird one, what if issues that has nothing to do thematically with the question it's asking. Like, I think every the thing about these what if comics. Yeah, I, I think the best way to read every what if comic from this time period is read the premise you know, the first two or three pages, then and read then the, the last, last two, two to three pages <laughs> and just see <laughs> and how right. does this go disastrously wrong? Because everything yeah. in the middle will just be like stuff you've read before, but with a slight twist, you know? I read one the other day. I read uh, What If 45 with a cover by Bill Sinkwith, Sink- Sinkiewicz, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the Hulk went berserk? And it was just basically if he stayed villain and, you know, kind of continually went okay. crazy. yeah. Uh, and it was like superhero after superhero went up against him and like the Fantastic Four can't put him down and, you know, they can't calm him down. They can't stop him on and on. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool because it actually felt like they were trying to play with this idea. And it ends with Thor coming in and then just snapping Hulk's neck. And that's wow. it. He just kills the Hulk and he's just like, ugh, hate to do it. <laughs> wow. No other choice. Which is like just so pragmatic that I really appreciate it. Because well, it's also, you know how much I love as we immortal Hulk readers know, not a, a way that you're actually going to solve that problem. Spoiler, by saying the title of the comic. <laughs> by saying the, the name, the words in the title, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, actually, here's a question. Is it possible in 2019 to do a good what-if story? That's a good question. What are the what-ifs that they're doing nowadays? Well, they, I mean, I mean I think what if is not an ongoing like... line? Because my argument against it would be just do it as the comic. 
Like, if your big idea is like, what if this happened? Just do that uh, okay. as a story. Oh, you mean like, here's some what ifs from 2018. What if Peter Parker became the Punisher? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. They did do a series of one shots. One of them was like, what if Ileana Rasputin was Sorcerer Supreme? Um, yeah, and it's yeah, like, it's an okay issue. That is an idea where you just like, just do that. Just like, do it. Just do uh, the idea. I actually, here, I don't really a, want Spider-Man as Punisher. So I guess that's fine. No, here, here's one. What if the X-Men were the X-Men, but it's dot exe forward slash men. Dot exe. The like, execute men. Execute. <laughs> yeah. I think like e- executable file, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that an actual comic? Yeah, from 2018. Wow, I missed that so, one. Who knows okay. what happens there? Oh, it's a cyberpunk X-Men comic. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty rad. Yeah. Okay, we are... We need to come up with something else to talk about. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about the the state of the club. It is uh, dwindling and failing because of this episode. Yeah, right. No, but, it was no, this, it was this, going this, really really well, and then we released this today. episode, no, and this, everyone this, left. This uh, I I'm mean, leaving where too. we are in the comics. I think we've <laughs> talked out. about it a little. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, Dave. I'll just uh, I'll just spitball here for a while. Peace. The comics in 1978 feel pretty. They're like treading water. Right. We've talked about this. Uh-huh. Um, the only one who seems like it's doing anything like innovative <clears throat> is Chris Claremont. Um, yeah, this is this is something I just keep coming back to, which is like, why is it so hard for comic book writers to improve? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they all come in at like 25 and they basically like make their mark. And then five years later, they are what's the word not redundant but like like very few of them just continue to grow and you will look at their work 10 years from when they started and go like oh wow you know they're like significantly improved because that's rarely happened i mean i guess we'd like stanley jack kirby started in 62 and they really hit their stride in like 66 67 and then completely like leveled out and like i think it's most of the we've talked about this a bit yeah, I it's think. just something that's like so weird to me. Like, why do comic book writers have such a short shelf life compared to novelists, right? Like, Philip Roth was writing, you know, like into the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, 30th, his 35th book, and it was still considered great. You know, like Martin Scorsese is still making masterpieces at, I think he's 80 years old, right? He's been like, th- there's so other, there's <clears throat> so few other mediums that i know where like people just don't age with it well you know i I don't know well i would say i would think oddly and i don't know why this is but comics is more akin to music like generally speaking more bands than not come in with a hot first album i think the saying is you have your whole Mm, life to think of your first album music is a good music's a good oh sorry i'll let you finish plagiarizing a quote (laughs) you have your whole life to finish your first album and then you have the rest of your life to fail and not live up to the expectations that is, you set. That that's not, no. This is the rest of the whole quote. People don't usually quote. read the rest of it. <laughs> no, it's, no. But like a sophomore album is a lot harder to do. And you know, like if you have, for example, rock and roll <clears> bands <throat> like the Rolling Stones or the Who bouncing around in their sixties and seventies, <laughs> right? It doesn't age well the same way. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's fair. I think I mean, artists like maybe like Bob Dylan has has found more of a like critically acclaimed second half of an of an older career but even that's yeah. like his I mean, music's Leonard not Cohen, super Waits, appealing they're both still doing good work like tom waits oh, well. yeah is a good example. <laughs> not leonard cohen leonard cohen's not doing good work he was <laughs> right up until his death uh, yeah no i, know, I mean his last album like the month before he died was david bowie so. you know right up yeah. until his death same sort of thing but generally speaking yeah. you know i think it is like that because even like you know creators i really like like jim starlin i <laughs> 
My well, no, he he's a bad example because he does come back and and do some great stuff. But I don't know. It's not like this obvious like oh you've been doing this for three years now you're great at it type thing. At least at yeah. this point yeah, yeah. in Marvel, I think when we get a little bit later, you know, more towards the two thousands, we might see more of that. Um, I'm thinking of creators like uh, Ed Brubaker or a Matt Fraction, particularly with their superhero comics work, where mm-hmm. you can see once they've had a number of years building up to writing these types of stories, they get really, really good at it. Tonacy um, Coates, right? Tonacy Coates. I think a lot out. of people say the same thing about yeah. with Black Panther. I actually kind of disagree. I really liked his run right out of the gates, but I, I do hear that a lot. Yeah, I, I, I heard a lot of people. I knew it was like a year before they felt like that really clicked into place for them. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, if we're looking at it right now, I guess Claremont and Byrne are heating up. They're going to do what is probably canonically considered their best work uh, in yeah. the yeah, yeah. coming 79, 80, 81 range. I mean, John Byrne, I guess John Byrne has a pretty lengthy career because, I mean, he writes like... Oh, my gosh, yeah. Man of Steel in the early 90s, right? No, like, it's 80s. It's, it's immediately that, post-crisis. Oh, it's late 80s. Yeah, that's right. Same time as Perez's Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering why people don't have 20-year careers in comics. Well, they generally. do. I mean, once you're once you're Oh, in. I mean they they do, but they don't like have notable, you know, like I mean, Chris Claremont still writes the occasional comic. Frank Miller still writes comics. They're not bad, right? But like Well, there's it, there's the difference between being like a superstar hot ticket and continuing to have a career. Cuz definitely once you get in, like I I find it consistently amazing. Like an artist like Greg Capullo did a 2011 Batman series, New 52 with Scott Snyder. I love it. Yeah. He's been yeah, doing yeah. comics since at least the early 90s. Like, he's doing art on Quasar, which I still can't say. Kazar? No, Quasar. In the early 90s with Marvel and Mark Grunewald. Like, the guy's been... Like, if there's so many artists like that where it's like, oh, they seem new and fresh. I wonder, oh, they were doing a mid-90s Age of Apocalypse one-shots or something. Like, these yeah. once you get yeah, in, yeah. these careers sure. go for a good long run, typically. So what I'm saying is, yeah. you've never been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make an argument. Uh, yeah, I just like <laughs> I, who is who is the writer? I mean, Alan Moore is like the, of course, the exception to all this because he's still doing good work twenty years after you know his great work, right? Like he's still doing mm-hmm. consistently great stuff. But like, mm-hmm. who has a notable run, and then twenty years later? has another notable run you know like it's it just seems so rare people just seem to flame out or you know like really lose that and i don't know it's just like most of the time especially comics from like 2000 on if you read comics from the 2000s they don't feel outdated in like formal structure they might just feel outdated in like their language or their uh you know, like references or something like we're reading Ultimate Spider-Man for my ultimate year. That comic reads like a comic that would come out today. It just has some outdated references and maybe some like political stuff. Right. But yeah. like it wouldn't be surprising to me if Brian Michael Bendis like could still write comics that felt modern. That felt modern <laughs> well, it should be because he is <laughs> with the Superman line over at DC. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, he's no, still I'm, doing yeah. very, very similar things. I mean, Bendis has had. I mean, I don't know if it's the yeah, longest but Bendis modern was never, run in uh, superhero comics, comic but it's writer, close. So that's it's a little different. Are you still on your Breichel, Breichel Bendis uh, stance? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't want to come out. I, I like Ultimate Spider-Man. I don't think I like... I read, uh, I read like, one issue of Powers, and I had a really hard time getting through it. It was incredibly grating. Like, wow. I thought you were kidding, and you were quoting verbatim that, like, you got a phone call, sir. A phone call? Yes, a phone call for you. For me, right now? Yeah, it's right now. Is it important? It's important. Like, 
It's yeah. literally just that on each panel, and it's it's horrifying. Yeah, I talk Ugh, about that in I my Ultimate Year special, but like that style of dialogue did not use to grade on me, and now it has become so hard to get through. Bendis is that is how he writes. That is his voice. Yeah. And I have, I have long since moved past it. I don't have a problem with it, per se. It's his style, clearly. It's just so empty. It's it's like he just watched Tarantino movies, and he was like, what's cool here is they talk fast. Yeah, but That's I think a lot of people t- think that. You know? Like, look at Aaron Sorkin's uh, well, you know, fandom. Yeah. And look at, well, uh, sure, like, that, David that Mamet too, is right? the, like, the inspiration whole quote there. Like, there are, yeah. there's a lot of really good literary writing that, that uses that style. I, I like, um, but that, that's, like, the thing he takes away from it. Not the content of the dialogue. Just that it's fast, and there's a lot of it, you know, and that's like, yeah, that's a little harsh on a good old Breichel. Yeah, I, uh, I will, st- I defend Powers him was like more than most. Powers was a rough. Comic I like that first volume. I, I made yeah. it through the first thirteen or so before we did my ultimate year, and uh, Powers is a, it's a solid comic. I would recommend checking it out. Give it a shot, mm. uh, yeah. If you're doing my ultimate, yeah, I had a genuine, genuinely hard time finishing issue one on that one. Yeah. I also didn't find that, you know, I the, the whole like subversive thing where it's just like superheroes, but from a real world perspective is like tough to pull off because it feels like a very tired, like, uh, I don't know. I think you're just like tired. That. I think, <laughs> I think you're yes. tired is really. Yeah, that's just, here. that is kind of true. I'm just exhausted. So I hate tired. Everything. No, Zach like th- there's a, there's a time where like. Dave likes comics <laughs> there's a time where like that is the thing to do with superhero comics is like let's to- let's do a superhero comic but it will be like gritty and real right and there's a million of those and like yeah but about... when it's good it's always really yes. good like black oh, no, hammer like... does that and it's really damn good well black hammer is not doing that from like a civilian point of view but you're right i love black hammer i'm, I'm with you on black hammer um gotham central is the other like i think gotham central is the good mirror version of powers and powers is the you know upside I, down. I, I don't know that your powers takes are as well-rounded as you might think them to be honestly barely I, made it through go, go, a single issue I, I read like yeah no i know i like i went and read that that comic got a ton of awards and i was just baffled i was just like this that came out in a very different time if that comic was like highly lauded it's a pretty interesting comic i think like powers top 10 comes out around that time uh, as I like, well i like top 10 yeah, yeah. uh there's a and i guess I, I don't hate that trope i guess i mean um got one of my favorite comics is that uh warren ellis one um that's the one i'm mad at you for not having higher on your comics of all time mm-hmm. no i know list. the one i'm just not gonna say oh it. please God, i just want to see you try don't to get make it. me google it planetary yes thank you planetary yeah so i guess i i like that thing putting in a new context that just felt uh, I don't know why we're talking about power so much because we don't have anything else to talk about today. It's definitely uh, because we got nothing else to say. I mean, you mentioned it there. We are doing the My Ultimate Year. We're going to record uh, our second entry there relatively soon. If you're curious in exploring the Ultimate Universe instead of or in addition to the Marvel, you know, late 70s that we're wrapping up here, uh, you can go yeah. over to patreon.com slash year. Check out some more details about reading the ultimate universe or you can always go over to compa carol's ultimate universe reading order and do it whenever you want at your own leisure yeah i think those episodes well the first one's really fun we're about to record the second one uh talk about ultimate iron man i am very excited to talk about that because that comic is one of the weirdest superhero comics i've ever read it's also one of the weirdest comics in like marvel history definitely in the ultimate universe very strange by orson scott card yeah there's a lot of like like that wrinkle is fascinating it's also super disconnected from the iron man that everyone knows and expects thank thank god (laughs) but like as as its own little solitary piece 
Like I'm really enjoying it because of how wild it is. Anyway, yeah. that they'll uh, be out January 1st. We're also going to get into our intro of Mark Millar Marvel Comics with this round of Ultimate Universe, my Ultimate Year. So, if you're Why, interested is he in some X-Men? Ultimate X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does he does Ultimate X-Men. Oh, cool. Okay. I haven't read the oh, I don't know why I said cool. I generally uh think of him distastefully, but um, Oh, I ooh, think I of, I won't defend him as no, much I, as Bendis, but he's got like his Marvel work is is pretty good like recommended bag. reading for newer readers and yeah. it off like a lot of it is pretty fun like i quite love yeah, old cool, man logan cool when I read stuff it like ultimatum or uh he didn't Trouble, write ultimatum get out of here with or, your blasphemy uh, oh really who wrote ultimatum jeff Loeb. oh oh he writes ultimates that's right yeah he writes ultimates I, we'll and i really about. like ultimates so i i hope i don't like i have really fond memories of ultimates i hope that doesn't sour rereading them but i liked i liked those a lot the first time speaking of which i went to a weird little co- comic store okay back up this last weekend i went to a strange consignment store that was mostly like bougie clothes and decorations and like 20 dollar wine glasses you mm-hmm. know for like fancy upper crust people mm-hmm. I, I don't know there's a white i don't know why i brought that up there's like a wine glass that was 20 bucks and i was like anyway i don't know why i'm talking about this <laughs> they had a weird little back <laughs> what corner is story where, <laughs> sorry I, i'm just trying to set the stage that like this looks like it, it's a consignment store but it's mostly like boutique items you know like it, it was like a goodwill um <clears throat> it's like a great will. and yes it's great will and in the back, they had, like, boxes of comics. And the way that they were selling them was, like, Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman comics are $5. Uh-huh. Everything else is $3, which uh-huh. is, like, a wild way of sorting your comics. That's fascinating. They had, like, sure. they had a ton of Grant Morrison new X-Men. They had, like, 30 issues of Morrison X-Men. Nice. Um, which I didn't get because I don't want to collect them. But um, they had five, the first five issues of Invincible which I did end up buying because I kind of think they might be worth something. <laughs> Issues they are like, number one through number five? Yeah, one through five. For in how like much? Pre- $3 a piece. I would guess that's pretty good, man. I mean, those came out yeah, in like 2003 probably. Yeah, I mean, I hate those comics, but like I'm going to- Have we uh, talked about your hatred of Invincible yet? No. But so wait, as wait, wait, everyone wait, knows no, we, well- We can talk about it, but I just need to tell you about the one other comic I got, which is Trouble, issue number two for $3. Is that, the, um, is that like the Olsen twins style, like- quote-unquote provocative cover uh the one that has like they are definitely like 13 year old girls in bikinis and not yeah. like drawings like photographs of yeah. 13 year old girls in bikinis i like bought it kind of as a joke you so bought it could... with money yeah with money you handed like... that comic to a person a real person exactly no she literally did a double take as she was like going through them one at a time yeah to to check them well she was seeing and... double trouble because <laughs> I, I mean i bought it because i like was kind of thinking about sending it to you for christmas but then i realized it would just be it's like 90 percent is funny just to tell you about it instead of just <laughs> going through all the work i mean if i got that in the mail yeah that would not be as funny as you just telling me this insane yeah exactly story. i figured it's, it's not <laughs> worth this thing all the you effort. did oh my goodness you spent three dollars on that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. i also still haven't read it of, uh, still haven't read it because cj made us read uh oh my gosh i can't even think of what it was called now it was so bad marville marville makes yeah. a lot of CJ. i uh, i got one issue of the incredible hulk that has uh it's the incredible hulk drawn as if um it's where the wild things are by marie sendak it's an incredible that's cover. a cool cover I just yeah i just bought it just to hang up on the wall what issue is that is that like a more recent oh, yeah. one? It's a Peter David one. Yeah, it's from the 2000s. Oh. Anyway, you want to talk about Invincible? This is the time to hash that out. So I really love Invincible. It yeah. is in my top 20 
favorite comic yeah. books of all time over on Comic yeah. Herald's best comics of all time. It's a great superhero series throughout the 2000s. It was also inside the top 20, I'll say, maybe 30, probably 30, on uh, CBH's recent countdown of the best comics of the decade. Did our 70 favorite comics of the decade. And Zach hates Invincible. Now, I you may have gathered... I you love it first from, before I start. Yeah, yeah. You were really thing. grilling me when you started reading this. You were like, why do you like this thing? And yeah, I genuinely I, you know, it's like it, it's a lot easier after like a distance after you've read something to be like i just know i liked it as a you know i'm not writing a review of it at this point um yeah the things sure. i so if, for those who aren't familiar invincible is a comic book series written by robert kirkman it's got art by Corey walker and ryan otley who's the current 2019 artist on amazing spider-man and it is a, a superhero universe that they developed for image comics um it's kind of actually like started around the time like walking dead started for kirkman so and then it ran all the way until maybe 2018. Oh, that, that made sense. That, that it his, ended? like attention was split between two different products. Projects <laughs> two, two hugely <laughs> successful products. Yes. Um, so Invincible is a superhero universe. The premise uh, is impossible to say without giving away a spoiler for those of you who haven't read it. But oh, yeah, it's a superhero like... comic about like a superpowered family. He's got kind of like it's basically like Superman powers, but in a teenager, a la Peter Parker. If, if Superman had a teenage son right yeah yeah like became powered yeah yeah and it just builds like a new super universe the thing that i love about invincible is it subverts expectations it subverts comic book superhero tropes very very well extremely well and we were talking about what ifs it does the what if thing but it does it without the fear and without the reservation that marvel and dc approach these things where they know they have to reset Invincible never has to reset. So it can do these crazy things like mm -hmm. kill huge important characters, like have a certain character turn out to be someone you didn't think they were, like have right. all sorts yeah. of weird time travel things happen and then have it stick in the continuity. It's stuff that in like Marvel, if it stuck for like two years, people would be ecstatic. People would be like, this yeah, is so interesting sure. and so cool, but it never, you know it's going to go back. You know it's going right. to revert yes. because it's yeah, all about yeah. the illusion of change. I think that's the coolest thing about invincible um and i think in general i like characters i like mark grayson who's the main character i like his uh on again off again on again uh girlfriend eve and uh there's there's a whole lot to it why do you hate it zach why do you hate this good so comic? i don't i don't disagree that all that is appealing right like superhero comics that stick sounds good it's a good premise right like with you know big changes that are not you know, it's not the illusion of change like Marvel. Mm -hmm. I think that it's totally dull, though, and what it's doing. Like, those twists are not that interesting. And I just feel that hidden hand of, hmm, what about, like, I mean, I'm trying. I can't spoil the kind of first big twist. Um, it feels a little obvious in that, in that, like, that is the story is saying, like, hey, this is a superhero comic, but we're going to take some risks. And they don't feel that risky. And it's not, I think it's pretty poorly written. Like, I think the voices don't stand out to me. The jokes absolutely don't land. I'm often confused about what's happening on the panel because the art, like, literally clashes with what the words are saying. So I don't know if people are, like, angry or joking or confused. Or, like, I can't read the facial expressions and it, like, clashes with the art. It's something I'm having with the uh, Ultimate Iron Man where sometimes you read a panel and you're just like, oh, I'm not really quite sure what this expression is saying. Like... Why? What is happening with the tone here? I think it's a perfectly readable comic. I read like 50 issues of it in a week and a half. Like I blew right through it. I just don't get... Like I would totally get being like, yeah, I read that. It was fine. 
but like for it to be so high up on people's list, people, I mean, you're not alone. Like I am definitely in the minority. People you made it love this issues? comic. No, I mean, I think farther than that, I made it quite a bit into this comic. It's because very, I, like, you can truly burn was through like, these things. Yeah. I had made it like five issues in a couple times and bounced off because I was like, well, this is pretty boring and it feels kind of dated. And I was like, but people love this. I'm going to give it a real shot. And I got like the idea that it's boring it. is very strange to me because it moves extremely fast and even if you think a certain twist or change is maybe predictable, um, it's moving through them pretty quickly. It doesn't get stuck in, no, in status no, it, quo it, that's changes. That's what I said. Like it, it, it's very readable. Like he definitely writes. Like he kind of reminds me of Brian Brian Michael Bendis on Ultimate Spider Man in that way. Like I think that comic they are comparable books two, in some ways. Those, I, I think that's those two fair. comics I think are very comparable about like the trying to write the teenage experience, like the teenage superhero experience. Mm-hmm. I just think that like. Ultimate Spider-Man is... I I don't even love Ultimate Spider-Man. I like it. It's it's pretty good, at least what we've been reading so far. But, like, I think it is way more successful at actually writing, like, interesting, engaging characters who have their own voices. Like, Kirkman... I mean, Kirkman, like, I have never been engaged with his characters at all. Um, Like, I really don't like The Walking Dead either. I've read, like, a hundred issues of that. Kirkman is the the writer who I have read the most of that I dislike <laughs> because I've read a lot of Walking Dead and I'm also like equally like how did this comic go for so long like it is just fine it's like a yeah you're definitely in a minority C on that plus. like I, yeah I no of course the, like, people love the, the Walking abject Dead. Kirkman dislike um yeah I don't I wouldn't say I'm his biggest fan certainly but I do really respect probably the first two compendiums of Walking Dead, which probably takes you through. Like, yeah, I mean that that comic issues. does like start at. Oh, I I actually adore the first six issues of that when they have the um, who starts out as the artist on that? There's a there's an artist initially. Uh, t- Tony Moore starts yeah. out for the first six issues, and I love that. I love the style of that comic. And then as soon as it switches off of him, like it drops like a full letter grade for me because Charlie Adlard is man. Charlie Adlard and Ryan Otley are coming for you. After this episode, you are I, I don't slamming mind. I don't think like Char- Charlie Adler is a... artists <laughs> with, with oh, incredibly no. See, I, successful I think... long runs. Yeah, I don't think Charlie Adler is a bad artist. I just loved what Moore was doing, and I think to- Charlie Adler's is it's just not as engaging to me. Um, yeah, no, the the uh, the artist on Invincible I think is like kind of clumsy. Yeah, I, d- I don't get your disdain for Ryan. Ollie I I, at I all. really I wish like I was screenshotting it the whole time because like there are panels where it's just like this is clearly like a confused panel that like had to be rushed out like this is not coherent i mean maybe in uh, early days but once it gets once it gets rolling it's really kinetic i mean it's ultra violent which is intentional um i i can't remember ever being confused by panel design reading invincible i mean not like you can follow what's going on but you're just like there's a joke here but i'm not quite sure what it is well you are famously like, you no, famously right. have a hard time uh, understanding jokes i think if anyone listened to 78 part two <laughs> it's very clear that jokes God. typically they, they don't wrote, even sail over your head so much as just hit you in the forehead and land there to, it's kind of like a bug to be it's fair stuck. i did listen to uh that joke you made about a big storm uh-huh in 1978 part two while i was editing it and i immediately understood what you were doing i just like didn't connect what i had just said and uh in your joke mm-hmm 
Maybe it was a similar moment. problem reading. Maybe maybe there's just some synapses were Except stuck. that it's reading. I can just stare at it and like say, like, no, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious, uh, listeners, yeah. who have made it this far into this uh, directionless episode, what do you think of Invincible and Walking Dead? Oh, peop- what people like it. I, I, re- I, mean, I regularly I can't get imagine slammed who, for... Who is with thing. Zach on this? I want to hear... No one. Who stands no one has been on. No one's on my side about Invincible. Some people are on my side about Powers. There are other people who don't like Powers and think it's kind of a mess. But, okay. Um, oh, you know what I do like by Kirkman? And I don't love it, but I think it's probably the most fun I've had reading his stuff is Marvel Zombies. Marvel, Marvel Zombies, Zombies is, is, pretty, is fun. pretty fun, actually. I mean, it's yeah. fun just in like... I it's mean, it better be than it should to, be. Yes, I exactly. It's I mean, also it got art by Sean like, Phillips, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that art is really good. Of, and like, of Ed Brubaker they keep and Sean doing, Phillips fame? Does he do multiple arcs of that? I think he does the first two. Yeah. yeah, that does like weirder stuff than you would think. Like that's an interesting. Maybe we should tack that on as a special when we hit that in the ultimate, uh, ultimate universe. Who's to say? Ooh, ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah, because so I was going to say who's uh, to say we won't Marvel... read it when we get to my Marvel year two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, well, because it spins out of the ultimate universe, right? Yeah, it, that's like, a wild clearly... twist, isn't it? Yeah, it clearly begins there. Well, does um, it? Yeah, does it start there? Yes. Are those the yeah, first yeah, issues? I've got a reading order. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Okay. So, so what else uh, new with you? Oh, oh, let's let's do our heroes and villains. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, we've been going long enough. It, it, that is that is what uh, everyone listening to this podcast is saying right now. You've been going on, long enough. Out. Hold up. Hey, hey, you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, My oh, marvelous here, share universe updates. Let's do our Patreon thing right now, real quick. Yeah, let's do an interlude. For Just this. a little one. <laughs> okay, so we're not we're not going to belabor the point because uh, I think it would be the height of hubris to ask too much for money. After I mean, you you listening to this point is a gift enough. Thank you, everyone. Um, My presence is. But a if you're feeling. Yeah, if you are feeling the Christmas right? spirit and just like if you're feeling very charitable to t- towards two clearly down on their luck individuals, <laughs> yes. our podcast is so pitiful. We didn't even get an email <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Peter, we, can't, Peter we don't even have an email, one. Tiny Tim. I'm always surprised that this doesn't happen. Actually, I can't believe it took a whole year for us to get a week with no emails. Yeah, and like I always expect that, and then we always get a few. Like right before, uh, right before the right, release date. Right. Anyway, turns out those questions if really you, carry the, uh, the variant cover conversation. Please head over to Patreon.com/slash/MyMarvelousYear. And what are you going to buy with your Patreon money this week, Dave? I am going to buy a few friends. I'm going to try to get a few friends <laughs> who will send in listener questions, so I have something to talk about on the 79 variant cover. I'm also going to try to buy. Maybe I'll use five of the dollars. Um, and go on over to Fiverr.com, and uh, I will have someone there think of poll ideas <laughs> because Ooh, the absence good. of a poll was notable. Oh, you know what? I um, Someone mentioned this in the Slack, and I think this would be fun. At the end of the year, each year, do your favorite mutant and like what? include every mutant in the poll, like every one that we've covered to this point. Okay. And every year, we just have a growing list of your favorite mutant, and uh, maybe we do some kind of you know little death match. Try to whittle down your favorite mutant, but it's but it's a year by year cadence. Yeah, yeah. At the end of every year, will be our like so like I, so Nightcrawler's always my favorite mutant. Mm-hmm. So in seven, but in like in nineteen seventy eight comics, I might say actually Wolverine punched a dinosaur in the mouth yeah. and then yeah you uh, used his claws to reveal his healing factor. Glob Wolverine's Herman my favorite this year. Dupe in you know this. Year but then in seventy nine, I could vote for somebody new. Is that correct? 
No, not so then I'd have a like 78 every, favorite, every, a 79 no, favorite. Is, this is the problem. Because this is my ye- MVP no, no. thing I already did with the club that you vetoed. I'd like to make that clear. I liked that idea, and you vetoed it. I did. No, oh. I gave you veto power. That was a mistake. Can you hear me? I feel like I'm talking all, trying to trying to say <laughs> something here. That's <laughs> not getting through. I meant every calendar year for, from our perspective. So 2019, at the end of 2019, your That's favorite mutant. At the end of 2020, your favorite mutant. Year by year. Not, not the... <laughs> The same exact poll every single week. <laughs> so in 2019, my yeah. favorite mutant is Moira McTaggart because of House of X, Powers of Ten. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, God, no. I meant, God, this is a really simple idea that your brain is not processing. Uh-huh. At the end of 2019, what's your favorite mutant from the comics that we have read so far? So only comics up to 1979. Uh-huh. So you could not vote for Glob Herman or dupe. Why do you keep saying Glob Herman? Mutants. I would not vote for Glob Herman over dupe. I I will not I mean, stand clearly for someone this blasphemy. Would. Didn't someone pay you money to write a Glob Herman reading order? Yes, that technically yeah. happened, yeah, yeah. and I've never been prouder. And um, dupe dupe is definitely one of our patrons' favorite. Mutants. Dupe dupe's gonna win hands down by the time we get to. So yeah. in 2020, how's the poll gonna change? It's just gonna add on more mutants. But did we're so is my I voted in 2019 for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. In 2020. We get to let's say um, we're gonna Mojo. be all the way through. We Age get of to Mojo, and I'm I decide he's my favorite because I'm a masochist. Who the hell is Mojo, you'll learn. Sweet Zach, okay, oh, Sweet Zach. Um, <laughs> so if I vote for Mojo in 2020, is this like a rolling poll or is that like my new no, favorite it's just for a that new year? Poll every year. Why is this so hard? I I don't know why you make these things so hard. I'm just it's just a death match. I'm gonna write a list of every mutant that we know of so far. Yeah. Well, why year. wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I vote for Nightcrawler every year? He's the best. Well, do it. I don't care. Do it. Well, then he's just going to win every year. It's a boring poll. I, I mean, for you, but no one else likes Nightcrawler until he gets that beard, and then he's irresistible. I'd rather do best new mutant. Yeah, which right. is either specifically members of the new mutants or mutants who are introduced that calendar year. But then we got to like pull all those. That sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I was going to do. Okay, pull the new mutants. Sunspot. I'm going to cut all that because that spun into... No, all of that is going to get cut genuinely. (laughs) It just dragged on way too long. I hated every second of it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, we have have a good poll for 1979, I think. I don't actually remember. Yeah, we probably do. Yeah, I'm sure. That's our... Um, Anyway, so, yes. What are you buying with the Patreon? Fiverr, friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got a record player. So that's what I got with my Patreon money. You said that last time. Black, Black Friday. Oh, I already did. Yeah. That's that's all my life is right now. Is just listen to records. records. I got a I got an Emmy Lou Harris Christmas album. That's pretty good. Nice. That actually cost about five bucks. So. Nice. Yeah. 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 Thanks for your support, everybody. I'm going over to Patreon.com/slash yeah. My Marvelous Year, and as always, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, My Marvelous Year shared universe of heroes and villains. I'm doing an update for Chris Mowry Harden. Mary, not Mary. Mowry Harden. I feel like he told me how to pronounce it. Sorry, Chris. Um. And his hero, Captain Planarian, as we all remember, he was infected with a big horny worm named Ed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I did not remember that. Okay. Well, I don't know if I underlined if he was horny, but he's like, I he's feel got like he's, horns, uh, or he's horny. No, no, he's like having like a you know a, a mid '90s Joe Pesci in your head. Like he kind of hears him in his head. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, and he sounds like Joe yeah, Pesci. Check out, check out the games on on her. This like, is a just going through. this is a rough Joe Pesci. Well, I mean, I'm luck, not doing it. Joe. Speaking of which, Joe Pesci and the Irishman. Good stuff, huh? Good uh, stuff. Yeah, good. I haven't yeah, watched incredible. it yet. Do you know you could watch oh. like t- 
two superhero movies in the time it takes to watch The Irishman. Yeah, I'm glad I saw it in theaters because sitting on my couch in like for three and a half hours to watch that, I get so antsy. You went to a movie theater, pulled up your phone and opened Netflix and watched it like that (laughs) and paid for a ticket for a different movie. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Joe Pesci looks like this adorable little gremlin now. It's amazing. His face has just done like incredible things as he gets older. I I should anyway to watch it. You should. Captain Planarian, horny old Joe Pesci in his head, um, is uh is starting to fight super villainy, and uh, he's trying to you know he he started out beating up a couple muggers. Um, he um and and as we know because of this worm, he has the ability to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. He uh, he gets cut on the arm and it kind of heals itself over very quickly. And so one day he attempts to stop a robbery that is happening at a tanning salon. Uh, and it is the backup generator. Ooh, he's trying to steal all the tanning beds because he uh... <laughs> what does, does he have his little <laughs> army of popcorn kernels with him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, uh, boy. The backup generator thinks that like maybe he can. Uh, he, I mean, one, he wants to work on his base tan Two. Gotta he do thinks it. these will be like good, um, like breeding grounds for his popcorn kernels. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Tanning beds are notoriously, <laughs> ironically, for, for having electricity-based powers. He doesn't really know too much about you know like machines or electricity. Yeah, right. Uh, so he he kind of is just like, yeah, those are big and hot. I can pop a lot of popcorn with those. So I'm anyway, honestly surprised he made it as is... far as he did into uh, into army because this guy does not seem to know a lot. <laughs> he didn't make that far. Um, He's trying to steal these, and Captain Planarian uh, comes at him. Backup generator pulls out his electric whip and whips at him and whips one of his fingers clean off. Wow, I whipped him good. Yeah. Captain Planarian subdues the backup generator, puts him in cuffs, goes back to look for his finger, can't find it. Finger's gone. It's been evaporated. It's been, mm. uh, you know, what's what's the word? No, fingers evaporate. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. There's a uh, lot of moisture yeah, in a finger. No, it, you know, the electricity and the electricity whip just kind of uh, fried it. It's gone. Yeah. Can't find it anywhere. Yeah. If you're ever thirsty and you're stranded in a desert, chop off a finger. Quick chug. Do it before it evaporates, though, because otherwise now you lost finger and you didn't get a drink. Big miss. What are you talking about? Finger drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he leaves He leaves the scene of the crime. Camera stays behind in the tanning salon. Camera pans underneath one of the tanning beds. What's down there? <gasps> it's a sole finger underneath. What's Ooh. in that finger? A little bit of Ed, the horny worm. This sounds like an S-O-U-L finger. S-O-U, a sole finger? Yeah, it's got the essence of Ed in there. No, it just has a little, like literally a little bit of Ed, because Ed is, you know, like kind of in Chris's body. A little bit of Ed weekend. was in Chris. Now he's on the floor. Got it. Yeah. Over the next week, guess what grows out of that finger? All whole new Captain Planarian. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like just like an actual planarian worm, you can grow a whole nother organism from a small little part. Okay. So now we've got two Captain Planarians walking out there, one of which who doesn't know the other exists. And this one's real confused. He doesn't he doesn't know where he belongs. He doesn't know if he's the real one. He doesn't understand what's happened to him. What he does know is he's got a great tan. So that's my update for Captain Planarian. Good you, update. <laughs> Love it. All right, Captain Planarian in the MMY Club. Glad to well, see you. Well, all right, Dave. Please save us with a, a much more coherent update. To no, that was that was Justin. Good. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about yeah, worms. No. Learned a lot about fingers. Learned a lot about Joe Pesci. Yep. Can't say that about every update. Okay, Justin so, Wollenhop. Justin's uh, character is K O S, as the club stands may for well. chaos. I get the joke. Yeah, it took Zach approximately 25 episodes <laughs> to understand. Oh, literally, what that it was, was two weeks later, somebody explained it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that's how 
Anyway, uh, so Chaos is, or KOS, excuse me, last we saw, had elevated sort of to the satellites in the spaceways. He is an artificial intelligence, uh, generally villainous, and he has been, last we saw, tampering with, like, voice speakers and search results amongst mm-hmm. a, an American populace, typically. Um, he's very geolocated. It's tough to explain why at this point. But he's, you know, people ask questions of their Alexa devices or Google Home Minis that they just got for free via Spotify Premium, and he will you know, answer already. questions for them in chaotic manner, right? So they just want to know, like, hey, how much salt do I put into the salsa recipe? And the voice speaker will give back an answer, chaos infused, and it'll be like a tablespoon when really it's supposed to be a teaspoon. Gross salsa, right? Don't nobody wants that to happen, but it's happening left and right. People are just blaming the devices. But mm-hmm. as people are becoming more and more reliant on this technology and not really questioning what they're getting, chaos is unable to is able to, as you'd expect, unleash chaos upon the populace. He's also having a way too easy time of this. Okay, chaos is up. He's like riding the satellites around the globe. He can hack literally anything. He's providing disinformation everywhere, and he's successful at every turn. And chaos is an extremely intelligent, increasingly intelligent all the time, artificial intelligence. As he's doing this, he's kind of work- crunching the numbers and working out a plan. And he's like, I could, I could just like destroy the world. I could take over the world. I there is no one to stop him. Okay, there are no heroes capable, competent anywhere in the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe to actually disrupt what chaos is doing, at least that we've seen so far. But he's thinking about this and he's thinking that just sounds really boring. Like I've read Emperor Doom. I've read Secret Wars 2015. Mm -hmm. I've read Secret Wars 1984. Right. And he's like, if I become, you know, just sort of this lonely God King of of artificial intelligence what is my life going to mean so kos goes on a hunt for someone who will understand him and he finds someone her name is miss doss and miss doss she lives on earth in a factory and she's all alone as well unused unloved untouched at this point (laughs) in time and kos he fall he falls for her almost instantly and he says is this another program What's that? Is this a program? Not a woman, like a human woman, right? Well, it turns out that she's got a program for KOS. They are programmed and destined to be together. Love at first sight. He brings, he goes down to live with MS DOS and, uh, or with Miss DOS, excuse me. And in the process of doing so, he kind of realizes that, like, his interests and his ability to connect to modern technology is well beyond what Miss Doss is capable of. He's able to boot her up and kind of get her talking a little bit, you know, a little text-based interaction here and there. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, like, their conversations are pretty limited. And she can't really connect with him in the ways that, you know, like, he wants to. So he's kind of considering... Maybe I give up all my abilities because, again, I've already run the numbers and run these simulations and realized, like, I could conquer the world easily. What if instead I took on a new look and I booted myself down to Miss Doss's level and I cut off my higher artificial intelligence functions and live next to her in this abandoned warehouse and we could just have little text-based interactions together? And he asks her if she's interested. <gasps> wait, wait, what about Pong across two screens? There now you're talking. Now you're talking. Uh-huh. Two just loving souls, just playing a game of pong together, right? Just passing the time as they get older. He decides that's what he wants, and Miss Doss uh, can't help but agree. 
Zinder programming. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to uh, to fridge Miss DOS the next time I update this. <laughs> so so KOS <laughs> is uh, so he boots himself down and he cuts off his higher functions and he is now living in an abandoned warehouse with MS DOS. But at any given moment, were his higher functions kicked back on and mm-hmm. were missed were was Miss DOS missing and he realizes what he's lost, he might consider rehacking the entire globe and taking over the world and we still don't really have a hero to stop him so kos that is the love story of kos and miss dos welcome to the club miss dos that's our update for kos pretty good pretty coherent oh wow that's high praise <laughs> like i'm a babbling fool yeah all right so that's gonna do it for what has been our weirdest episode yeah of my yeah, we have to, we have i i guess we haven't had this before this is a perfect storm this of... has never happened to me before i swear no, no, we definitely haven't had a, I mean, we definitely have not forgotten to do a poll, period, and we haven't not had any letters before, and to have both happen in one, we need better contingency plans. So I will plan on this, I will have an envelope sitting on my desk from now on that I will rip open dramatically next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Thanks with, everybody for listening. Prompts. This has been My Marvelous Year. I'm Dave here alongside Zach. Again, you can find all the reading lists for 1979 coming up next in the show notes. Uh, you can go on over to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear as well. For what I'm doing, go on over to Compo Herald. Check out the site for what Zach's doing. Um, I would give his place of work again, but that didn't go over so great in the intro. So Zach, why don't <laughs> yeah, you tell thanks. them? Uh, you can find him anywhere on social as at mymarvelousyear. Yeah, and just to cue people in or clue people in, uh, this episode's coming out on the 16th. Next week is the week of Christmas. So we're not going to do a normal... We're going to try to give people a week off to catch up with the club. Mm-hmm. So next week is going to be something of a year-end variant cover-ish thing that I promise has structure. <laughs> lots and lots of structure. Uh-huh. It's going to be our like best of the year list. So we're going to talk about our favorite comics that we've read in my this year, our favorite comics that we've read period this year kind of just a general wrap-up of the year and uh yeah so if you have any questions for us uh big year-end questions please send them our way at mymarvelousyear at gmail.com and then we're going to get back into 1979 part one on december 30th which if you are listening and you have listened to this whole episode you're still here you are one of our most valuable fans and uh <laughs> enough that i'll ask you 1979 Part 1, I think, is a great place for new people to start. So if you have people you want to recommend the show to, you think might be into comics, 1979 Part 1 is when, like, these comics start being really palatable to a modern reader, I'd say. Um, There's a lot of really great stuff there. So uh, please spread the word. We want 2020 to be even bigger than 2019. What should our slogan be for 2020? 2020 Vision, and we only do Vision comics? Well, Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye! Oh, someone said today, someone recommended that we start every episode of the a new year, like 1979 part one, saying, Happy New Year, Dave. So you Happy thought you'd introduce that at the end of the episode? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Perfect time. Terrible idea. <laughs> CJ. <laughs> well, um, we'll consider that next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. End this, and we please. We will God. see you. N- Wait, do you want to keep talking? Absolutely. Hang not. on. I've got lots of ideas now. See you next year, everybody. See you next year. <laughs>